Welcome to A Deeper Life with the Flowers. I'm Caleb. And I'm Ellie. Um, we are here today to share with you a snippet from one of our episodes from um, A Deeper Life Foster Care, which is our membership that helps um, foster parents. Mm-hmm. Ellie, do you want to share who our guest is today on this little clip of this interview you'll get to hear? Yes. Well, first of all, it's for our membership is for foster parents, but specifically this month we're talking about post-adoption support. So whether you're a foster parent and adoption's not even on the horizon or you're, you adopted 10 years ago, this month's membership is so important on both sides of that spectrum or anywhere in between. Um, so this interview is with the most qualified person to talk about this. She is a caseworker. Um, she's done adoption support work, and she also is a former foster youth adoptee, walked through a dissolved adoption, aged out of foster care, and then was adopted as an adult. So she has quite the life experience as well as professional experience. Um, specifically for us, we met her in 2019, I believe. Um, and she's been involved in almost all of the cases that we've walked through as foster parents, um, in different capacities. She's been the caseworker for some, she's been our support worker for some. Um, she's delivered some of our hardest phone calls and walked us through some of our hardest moments, including reunification and our kiddo that was reunified going back into foster care and siblings coming into care and TPR. Like she's walked through a lot with us. And so it was such an honor, um, to have a conversation with her. Our full episode is 70 minutes. Mm -hmm. So this is just a small piece of it. So if you're interested in hearing more, the whole thing along with everything else that the membership comes with, um, you definitely want to sign up. Yeah. And happy Black Friday. Um, So for the rest of November, um, you can get three months of the membership for $3.99 a month when you use code Black Friday at checkout. So if you you just Black Friday, you put it in, you click the link in the show notes, um, and then you'll get $3.99 for the For November, December, and January. And that comes with what, Ellie? The membership? Yep. Um, so every month you get four podcast episodes. We believe that's probably the easiest way for someone like a foster parent to get, um, education and resources is just popping something into your ear on your way to driving in a visit or doing chores around the house. Um, the first episode is an introduction of the monthly topic and Caleb and I's experience with that topic. The second episode is an expert interview with someone who knows more about that topic or has experienced something that we haven't experienced or has some wisdom to gain or to share with us. Um, The third episode is Caleb and I are both certified coaches, and so it's like a coaching session. We prompt you with some questions and some things to think about or do to help improve your foster care experience. And the fourth episode is a devotional that Caleb does. He's an ordained pastor, and so he brings a devotional foster care um, that you can listen to in the car or, again, just podcasts. And so it's really easy to listen to. And then um, you also get, like, a devotional worksheet that goes alongside with that. And you get a training certification Mm -hmm. um, that you can present to your county and get uh, training training hours hours for that. Um, 
So if you want to check that out again, just use code Black Friday. We've never done a deal that's good before. Yes, this is the our best deal ever. So, Woo! Uh, and I hope you enjoy the rest or the uh, the piece of this conversation you hear with Kita. And I hope you enjoy the other sixty minutes of it when you choose to sign up. So thank you so much, and we'll talk to you next time. Okay. Well, thank you, Ellie. Um, hi, Caleb. Um, <laughs> Uh, my name is Keita Miller, and like Ellie said, I've known them since 2019. Was it 19? Okay. I think so. I was going to say earlier. Um, feels like it. I know. <laughs> it's been a lot. <laughs> um, you guys are one of my most favorite families I've ever worked with, and now we are friends, and, um, I couldn't be more honored to be here. Um, so... I have a degree, my master's in social work from Columbia University, um, and since then, in 2012, I've been working as a social worker in various roles, uh, foster care, adoption, recruitment, and casework, and um, and it's a special topic to me because I was in foster care myself, mm-hmm. um, and I'll go into that, but I I definitely feel like it's important for people to understand both sides as much as they possibly can um, when they're in this world, whether it be a caseworker, a foster parent, um, a CASA, a GAL, whatever it is, um, the more knowledge we can share with people, the better um, Mm -hmm. to make our system better. Um, And there will always be the need for foster care, unfortunately, um, and it touches every single race, ethnicity, socioeconomic background, um, parts of the country. And that's why I feel like anybody um, that is interested in helping children, this is a great place to do it. Mm. Um, but And there's many different ways to do that. Um, because not everyone can be a foster parent. Yeah. <laughs> it's extremely hard. Um, so... Uh, before I get into my story, though, I also wanted to share um, one of my most favorite roles. Um, this is how I met Ellie and Caleb, was being a foster and adoptive support specialist um, through Boulder County. And um, my role was to supervise and support and advocate for foster parents and slash adoptive parents. Um, And I did that for four years, and it was my most favorite job I've ever had. Mm. Um, Just the amount of compassion and um, selflessness of foster parents um, and all the ups and downs and trials and tribulations that they have to go through through a case, as long or short as it may be, it's not easy at all and I thought I could be a foster parent before I had that job and now I definitely don't think I can (laughs) (laughs) Uh, just seeing all that you guys have gone through so Mm. that um I just want to say I'm grateful for every single foster parent whether they did it for a day or for years and years and years you've made a difference and um so thank you that's so sweet and so (laughs) nice to hear yeah yeah for sure and I remember like she was Kina was so good at being a support worker that I remember telling you it was like after a family meeting for one of the bio parents and I was like 
listen, I will keep doing foster care, but you cannot leave me. <laughs> and then she did. <laughs> I, I just like, went to a different role. You did. And, 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 <laughs> and you, then I and saw you again. You ended up coming back. But I was like, I cannot do this without you. So Very you sweet. did such a good job. And I didn't. Even, I had no clue your story until after until everything. Until after, yeah. So, yeah, I had no clue, even your perspective or where you were coming from. So I remember being like, completely shocked <laughs> to hear your story <laughs> i was so shocked so hopefully yeah. in a good way Sean. no for <laughs> sure i mean it was just like you just kept such professionalism mm-hmm. the whole time like there was never an indication of like bias or like you bringing in any lived experience like it was like it was truly yeah it was amazing so well thank you yeah so i guess i'll just yeah go ahead let's <laughs> do it <laughs> um okay so i was born in boulder um in 1987, I have two older half-sisters, a younger sister and a younger brother. Um, and when I was five years old, I was placed into foster care with my younger sister in the same home. My younger brother went to another home because he had medical issues due to being born um, with fetal alcohol syndrome. Mm. Um, and... My two older half-sisters went to live with their dad, and so I didn't see them again until I was 17. And that oh, was wow. a huge blow because I was really close to my oldest sister, who's eight years older, and she would take care of us when our parents were gone. So um, that was a that was a big deal. Um, when you're four or five years old, that really – and you lose your main attachment figure. That really impacts you. Um So I was in a foster home with my younger sister, and that was for two years. Um, We finally felt safe for the first time. We finally Mm -hmm. felt loved. We're getting our needs met, um, and we were able to be kids. Um, And they had been recruited through a tiny little newspaper ad in the newspaper about we need foster parents in Boulder County and oh, to wow. be at least 21 years old and pass background check. And that was basically all the info they had prior to going into, into it. But we were there first and they were amazing. Um, so the course of my case over two years, we'd have visits with our birth parents. I don't remember them very much because I don't think they happened very often. Mm. Um, my birth dad was a truck truck driver, um, and so he was gone all the time. And then my birth mom was an alcoholic, so she just wasn't around, didn't show up. And so um, I remember asking about them, but not to the point of, like, pining for them um, and wishing I was with them. Um, and so then after... I, I mean, I don't really know because I was so young, but I can guesstimate based on my professional experience, probably a year and a half into it, they were saying, you know, our birth parents hadn't done their treatment plan, hadn't completed it enough to prove that they were safe and stable. So um, mitigate the concerns, as we say. And so they terminated parental rights and then were finding uh, adoptive homes for mm-hmm. us. They decided to separate us. Um, because back then foster parents actually in Boulder County had a lot of say so in the case, a lot more input. And so they had asked our foster parents, um, what's your recommendation? And they said, well, they fight a lot. Maybe they should be separated. Oh, wow. 
Yeah, which at the time, obviously, I was seven, and I was absolutely devastated to be separated from my younger sister, um, and then also to be separated from them. But so I didn't find this out until years later. Um, I don't understand how it was unhealthy fighting. So and maybe there was, but they just hadn't really explained it to me. Um, And they regret saying that um, now. But anyway, so I went to an adoptive mom and um, by myself with me and her. And then my sister went to a family, a mom and dad and three older brothers. And my brother stayed in the home that he had been in from um, 21 months old and they're amazing um, they have actually fostered for 20 years in Boulder County had over 150 kids so they're like legends in Boulder County it's pretty cool yeah that's um, amazing I know they're amazing um, so thank god my brother was like in a great home was getting all his medical needs met and everything and so when my sister and I were separated we didn't really see each other for many many months um, each year, probably once or twice a year, because her family wanted to kind of pretend that she didn't have a previous family, kind of oh. like wipe the slate clean. And she was five, so it's not like she wouldn't know. Right. Um, so that was really hard for both of us. Um, my my time with my adoptive mom, um, I spent with her for eight years, and that ended up in a dissolved adoption. It's the legal term. Failed adoption. Um, so it is like, yeah, they always say like this child, it's like they were born to you, right? Yeah. In the adoption hearing. Um, so it's just because, as far as I understand it, it's because she adopted me. Therefore, when she couldn't take care of me anymore, and I'll go into that, they label it dissolved adoption instead of someone just giving their kids up or losing custody of them or anything like that. That would happen with a, a quote-unquote natural birth. Okay. Um, so, yes, when she agreed to adopt me, they probably said something similar to, it's like, she was born to you, you have all the rights and responsibilities to this child now until they're 18. Um, but they just use that term because it, it there is that caveat in the middle of the story, right? That okay. I was adopted versus born to her. Mm. So um, she ended up having schizophrenia, which she did not disclose to the home study worker or anything like that. And, um, and so as the years went on with me and her, she, her mental um, capacity diminished quite mm. frankly, just like went downhill. Um, and we also did not have any post-adoption supports, and that's kind of where I really want that to be a big deal for people to know about and ask about and make sure they get those because dissolved adoptions happen all the time, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd hope, I, I don't know the stats, but I would hope that they've gone down since I was a kid. Um, but basically, post-adoption supports are... Um, family therapy to bring that attachment and cohesiveness to the family, especially if it's an older kiddo, like I was seven. Um, I knew my past. I knew who my birth parents were. I knew who my foster parents were. And then I'm being forced to attach to this new stranger. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what do they expect? You know, um, it's easier when it's a child or younger child, like a baby. But the 
therapy piece is a huge one. Um, monetary funds. I know not every parent gets that, obviously, like you're responsible for your child, but a lot of these children that are adopted come with quote-unquote baggage. You know, they're exposed to stuff in utero that causes um, co cognitive disabilities, emotional disabilities, they inherit stuff from their birth parents, and so all of that adds up to services they will need. And yeah. so I f feel like just because you're adopting a child doesn't mean you don't get... Um, monetary support from the county or the state or the agency you adopted from to support that child lifelong. Otherwise, if it weren't for you adopting them, they may not get adopted, right? We can't guarantee like every kid gets adopted. That's obviously the goal, but there's so many kids that age out because their be behaviors, quote unquote, are too difficult for a family. Right. And then that's a complete disservice to that child for the rest of their lives.